There's a place where lovers go To cry their troubles away And they call it Lonesome Town Where the broken hearts stay all right, folks, we are back with a NIT Fever edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, a little dejected, here with my friend, Will. How are you, Will? Uh, I'm good. I'm glad we got that audio to work. <laughs> Quality song. Ricky Nelson, Lonesome Town. We're going to follow up with my Keats clip, but it's not fading on me properly. And as Will said, just Because like all I got team. on my mind right now is some ice cream. So, just like that. That was... I don't know, man. I really don't know. I don't know what to think about that game. Like, I'm glad it's over. It's been a roller coaster of a season. You know, the team played so well at times, but then they play games like this where, to me, it's clear that they didn't have anybody who could be a consistent offensive threat. And, you know, Helms can do it. Funderburg can do it a little bit, right? But they're inconsistent. The young guys were terrible. I mean, what was that? Oh, damn, my head's disconnected. The line of Cam and Shaq was... Cam, Evan, is it bad when your total team totals negative 20 in the plus and minus? Right, I mean, <laughs> what was six for twenty six? Cam, Shaq, and Sebron, six for twenty six from the floor with how many turnovers? That uh, twelve turnovers. Yeah. It's not good. You can't have that from your backcourt. And I understand that they're young and blah blah blah, but they just played terrible. And you know, at some point, stop letting Shaq Morth shoot. Take him out of the game. He's turned the ball. He turned the ball over five times. Two assists, a rebound. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I was just so. They've been playing so much better than that, and that was just—it was just disappointing. Well, disappointing way to end the season. Yeah, uh, I mean, I—I I knew it was probably going to be a long night when. Uh, I came in a couple minutes late to the game and find that Braxton Beverly is injured in practice. Um, so, you know, you were short. And then a few minutes later, it seemed like uh, DJ had two fouls and Cam had two fouls. And then DJ got the third foul that half. And then you're just like, okay, this is going to probably kind of fall apart. Um, you know, I mean, I can't really expect a team to be missing its lead scorer and it's, you know, best off the bench or you can start him in Braxton Beverly, right? The guy that can pop for you for a few threes and, and get you out of a bind. Um, you know, it, it was yeah, just. I, I agree. You know, when, but when Colorado State's biggest guy is six, five and the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of the game, they had it right. I mean, they were super inefficient on our side, but they just got the ball to Thunderbird. I mean, he had, I think he had 10 of the first 12 points, and then he only scored three after that on the way out. I just don't I don't understand, like, how do you get away from that? Is it Was your guards that bad where they couldn't get him the ball? 
Well, did yes, Colorado State adjust? Like, well, I would say this. I mean, it seemed to me like this. I don't know what was going on with Shaquille Mormon. It just seemed like a really kind of a selfish game. Um, was more focused on seeming to get his looks than necessarily getting the best looks. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you just factor in, right? I mean, you can't have Jericho Hollums go two for eight from the three, right? And one of those is a bank shot. Six for 16 from the floor, two for eight from three. Yeah. I mean, what that's what's frustrating is. Yeah. So between him, let's see, two for eight, Shaquille was one for five. So that's three for 13. And then Cam Hayes is 0 for 6. So 3 for 19 from 3. That's 19 shots that could have been better used in the paint where DJ Funderburk is 6 for 7. I mean, even there, Jericho Helms is 6 for 16 on the field goals. Manny Bates is 6 for 7 for field goals. Like, we played stupidly. And I don't understand why Keats doesn't at some point just say, it's not falling right now. Get it inside. Let's just get it to the, the three more efficient players. He just doesn't seem to ever connect those dots. And so I don't know if that is the freshman just, you know, having a rash of bad turnovers and being sloppy with the ball or, uh, you know, Helms thinking he, I mean, it seemed like Helms thought he was the one that had to do everything. Um, And you'd think at some point, just call a timeout, calm the team down, get the ball inside the DJ or get it to, to, to uh, Bates. It was just, just a frustrating game to watch, so I started building a chair while I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at some point, they all felt like they had to take over. And when that happens and they start freelancing, things go sideways and gets bad. Like, Cam was two for 13 from the floor. And for a while there, he was the only one that took some shots. At one possession there, Jack Moore comes down the floor, dribbles three times, and jacks up a long three. Like, that's not going to win you many games. It's definitely not going to win you a game against – Colorado State team that was 19 and six this year. All right. They're clearly well coached. I thought that that team played together. They seem to do a lot of the right things the right way. It, it's funny. I was sexing with James Henderson from IPS and you at the same time at the end of this game. And at the end, they ran a play called time 11 seconds left down two. they called the timeout and they ran a stagger screen for a, a Helms fadeaway three. And I'm set <laughs> to Henderson is not the play I would have drawn up. And right at the same time, Will says to me, shooting a three when you're, what'd you say? Shooting your three when you're shooting. I said calling a, I said calling a, drawing up a three ball play to win the game when you're shooting 23% from three is uh, some good coaching. <laughs> yeah. And Henderson tells me, I love that play. Go for the win. It's the NIT. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, yeah. I get that part, but Helms was two for eight from three, and one of those was a bank from the corner. My my guess, to yeah, shoot uh, that shot. Well, my thinking, I'm, like, I'm sure Keith is probably thinking this. DJ's got four fouls. Cam had four fouls. I think Shaq had four. Fouls. Like, I don't think he had enough bodies to go win the game if we get one foul in overtime, right? I mean, Max Farthing played in this game significant minutes, six. Right, that's more than that's that's fifty uh, percent of his minutes for the year at that point, and um, hell of efficient, you know, <laughs> one or two for he three. Had more points at um, but you know, I mean, I just think we got to a point where you just ran out of players. That, that's why I'm kind of like just you know, at first I was like kind of frustrated with Keats, but at the same time I'm like, look, I get it. Like, 
you're down to nothing. No one's really hitting anything. You, you know, they're crowding the lane to prevent DJ and, right. and Bates reading the ball, right? Like, at some point, you're just kind of cooked if your dudes, you know, can't make those shots. I mean, I just wish we could take seven of those turnovers back and get it 10 to 10 on turnovers, right? I, I That's where we lost the game. Yeah, the, the turnovers were, were awful. And it was turnovers from the guys who shouldn't be turning the ball over. Zebron had four. Shaq Moore had five. Where did Cam have? Cam had three. Right? It's just, it's just not how you win games. And yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I was, I was frustrated with Keats because I, I feel like he let this one get away from him. You know, during the game, I think he, like you said, should have called timeout, settled him down, because they're more athletic than this team. I mean, they. I, I don't know. I, I thought they they lost to a team they probably shouldn't have. You know, and. I think Colorado State might have. I'm not going to. This going to sound. People are going to hate on me for this. I think they have a better coach, like in-game coach, because that team was much more disciplined than our team was. And maybe it's just a one-game thing. I hadn't watched them all year, but they're 20 and six now, so probably indicates to me that they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I mean they had a deeper team, right? Yeah. So I mean, like I I don't want to keep repeating it, but. Five, six, seven, yeah, eight yeah. guys play double digit minutes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we shouldn't be counting on Jalen Gibson. We shouldn't be counting on Max Farthing. And, you know, the six man rotation that we have for this game was just two guys doing a good job, in my opinion, with DJ and, and Manny. And then after Helms, it was just a complete shit show from the freshman. And I guess it shouldn't be unexpected. I Again, I'm just, there's times where I sit and say, like, I, I know you got a plan, but like, can you not pull Shaq off the floor for a couple yeah, that, minutes and just say, "Come on, man!" Like, I know you're not going to be here, or you may not want to be here, but like, playing like this isn't going to impress the next coach, right? And yeah, I mean that's well said. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like this is half on Keats, half on the players. Like. You need your guys to – you need to have better games from guys like from Jericho. You can't have DJ Funderburg going whatever he did. I need to look up in the second half, but basically being non-existent in the second half. Yeah, I like, think he was like 5 of 5 or something to start the game. or He was – Yeah, two points, one of two – two shots in the second half. Like just nothing, right? Four Should just let him start shooting those threes oh, again. Four rebounds, yeah. Yeah, let him shoot threes. Just get in the ball, man. Good things happen when he has the ball. Like, yeah. You know, I, when he has these, these games where he goes for spells of either not getting the ball or just, I don't know, not being engaged somehow, you know, maybe the guards aren't getting the ball and maybe that's it. Maybe it's a bit too much freelancing and not running the offense to get him the ball. I'm not sure. But, you know, between the bad play and the bad coaching, it was a bad result. That's about what I expected. All right. Ugh. So. Chaos. Um, <laughs> now we're here for the I, I saw a good question before we started, which was if you could take three players off the current team to build around next year, who are your three? Uh, Cam, Sebron. And You're allowed to take Helms. anyone on the squad right now. Yeah, Cam, Sebron, and Helms. 
I'm going to bring back a um, one knee Devin Daniels. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if you get Bates and he improves on offense, I'll take him and then give me Cam. I like that group. Um, I really like Sebron. I just, I need someone a little bit more developed that I can trust. And I got to imagine that Devin Daniels won't be as crazy because of his knee. He'll be like much more like a traditional basketball player. You know, I almost wrote a piece on it for the site today that this week I've just been something I've been thinking about. And with Devin Daniels, I would really like to see Devin Daniels with a developed Cam Hayes. Yeah. Where Devin Daniels doesn't feel like he has to handle the ball, pass the ball, you know, do everything. And, you know, when you have a guy like Cam who had been playing really well and distributing the ball really well and doing the right things, you know, what would that do for Daniels' game? Now, he'd probably be a little bit more like what he had with Markel last year. You know, I have to go back and look at what those numbers were. But, I mean, he can play, and he's a he's a valuable player. I think it comes down to, you know, do you feel like he takes too many shots, you know, takes control too many times? Maybe. But, you know, if you, this game right here is an indication that nobody else is going to help him. You know, there's he doesn't have. I would guess he doesn't have the trust there that you know that these guys are consistent enough, right? And so he's like, I'm just going to shoot it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just making stuff up at this point, but I would really like to see Devin Daniels with a consistent or a more matured Cam Hayes. I think, yeah, that that would have been one of the guys I would have chosen, but. I'm thinking if I can build a little bit on these three, right? I think that little, that gives me something. <sighs> and Bates just can't catch the ball. Like just rebound, man. He got six today, which is better, but yeah. I, when I you're has got a six, five, get a rebound. Yeah. Well, I, I it just, some of these guys, you know, they just got to work on the, the IQ of it. They just don't seem to get themselves in the right position a lot of times. Um, but, you know, I mean, that also happens. Whatever. I, I, I just, a, I'm so tired. <laughs> here's a random stat that if I had told you before this game, I thought, if you know, you say the team you played shot three of 23 from three-point land and you beat them in three-point shots, I'm like, yeah, we're going to win this game. We I beat them by one, right? Yeah. We're five of five twenty two. They're three of twenty three. It comes down to the turnovers in that situation, right? Like, yeah, you should win that. Percent. Yeah. Um. What was the what was the free throw disparity between the two? Probably wasn't very many. It didn't feel like there were a ton of attempts. Six of nine, ten of eleven. I mean, it's just that. That's it, right there, man. Just you know, they were a really good free throw shooting team coming into this, and they were efficient there. They won plus four there. The gates are plus six, ten to plus two, and then we were so sloppy with the turnovers. I'm I can't find the points off turnovers. I'm sure they had at least two or three um, off of it, right? And you know that, that's that's just how a game. Fifteen off turnovers. Fifteen off turnovers. There you go. It's right there. You know, just don't play sloppy. You win this game. Um, it's probably gonna be frustrating for Keats. I'm sure, like. I don't know what's up with Braxton, but considering that we were going to have to play three games in four days, if you're not playing this game, we probably weren't getting him these other games either. So 
uh, you know, maybe this was going to be the last hurrah, no matter what. Um, yeah, that, that's weird. It, it was before the game. It's like, I mean, I guess during warmups, he might have hurt something. I don't know. Kind of strange. Uh, but shut it down, man. If your back's hurting that much, it's, it's no fun. As someone here, who has a here, heat pack on his back right now, I agree. <laughs> here are the stats that determine this game. Points in the paint. Again, Colorado State's David Roddy is 6'5". He's their center. They had 40 points in the paint. We had 34. Points off turnovers, 10 for State, 15 for Colorado State. Second chance baskets, 8 for each of us. <laughs> Not only did they beat us in the paint, they beat us in fast break points too, 9 and 10. And we got them in bench points, so there's that. Not a good setup. What? Where we go from here? Let me ask you a question. And this is hindsight is you know twenty twenty obviously, but the IPS podcast today was listed before the game preview for this game was talking about they'd rather win the NIT than play in the NCAA tournament. Nope. I. That's just. The craziest thing ever to me. I mean, right? win the I. I assume is win the NIT or lose the first game of the NCAA. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, we were talking about. No. James and I have been texting <laughs> earlier in the week about UCLA, right, and how these coaches have turned things around fast at UCLA, Arkansas, Alabama, and somebody else, and they weren't. You know, granted, the, the programs were in different shapes. I get it, but. And his point was UCLA went to the tournament and beat Michigan State, Abilene Christian, and Drake. <laughs> I'm like, still, they're in the tournament. They're in the Sweet 16. They're, you know, and we're playing in the NIT. I'd, I'd much rather be yeah. in the NCAA tournament. I'd rather be in the NCAA even in a weird year like this where there's just a lot of weird happening. <laughs> and um, no, no one ever brags about their NIT championship. That's it. That's the end of the story. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It was it was really weird. So, but where do we go from here? Right, I think this what we've been saying all along. If you've been reading the site, redwhitenetwork.com, you'll probably know what we've been talking about. But there's just so much stuff that is in motion right now, or could be in motion. There's a lot of things that are up in the air. Players, coaches, it's everything. Right, I I don't know what's going to happen. But I got a feeling chaos is coming. Give me Jalen Cohn. <laughs> Jalen Cohn! <laughs> Jalen Cohn's in the transfer portal from Virginia Tech. I would take Jalen Cohn. I wanted Jalen Cohn out of high school. You know, he would fill in for Shaq if he decides to leave and, you know, Brack's not coming back. I think, uh, yeah, I would take him. He's small, but what? he can shoot those. Yeah, what I mean, what's happening there though? I mean, I, I didn't follow Virginia Tech too much this year actually, so I didn't get didn't get to play late in the year for for whatever reason. I think he was injured for the last month. Yeah, I think he hurt his ankle too, but it's just so easy, right? It's so it there's gonna be so much free flowing movement for players. I don't know how I don't know how you do it. Right. I don't know how, if you're a coach, how do you recruit? How do you. <sighs> Look, what's, what's, what was Keats's like one 
Sterling thing on his resume, like he could rebuild a roster every year at right. Uh, Hargrave, right? Right. Um, I mean, he should be set up for this. Bring in, bring in the transfers, man. Like, I'm sorry, Nick Farrar, you can leave. You know, I, just just clean house, man. Just just go and rebuild the program. Like, this is just how it's going to be from now on. You're you're just going to take a bunch of transfers. You want to get the guys that are going to gel. If you can keep a core together, it's going to be great. But I don't know. Just don't get used to seeing certain people on the court. It's probably going to change year in, year out. I'm embracing yeah. the news. And I think that is... Hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, Is, is Keith capable of doing that? I think my biggest knock on him, and I've been public about this, so it's not a surprise, is that his roster management has been poor, and his talent, you know, ability to identify talent has not been great. I feel like he needs some help if he's gonna stick around. If he wants to stay in Raleigh, then he needs to get some qualified assistance that can help there. I, I think you got guys like Roberson and I don't know these guys, but I, I can look at, I got a name for you. Dino. Dino Gaudio. Yeah, I knew there it was coming. Right. Knew it was coming. And that's where I was going. Like you get a guy like that who can recruit, can bring talent, right. He's going to, he's going to get out there and get the guys you need. And he understands that, right. If you look at the people he brought in, he brought in six freaking NBA players to Wake Forest. Six to Wake Forest. He brought talent to Louisville. Now, I don't know why he got shown the door at Louisville, him and the other guy, because Chris Mack and Dino Gaudio have been together for a long time. They are homies, like serious homies. And I don't know what's up there. Something strange. But anyway, like the state needs somebody like that. And it might happen. Right, because every year Keats is also on his staff, but I really would like him to bring somebody in who's got experience in that regards. And I think that's it's needed because you can rebuild a roster from the portal. There's plenty of guys out there. Like I can get seven guys in the portal and field the team right now that can play. It's just a matter of doing it, right? Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, just go find the go find the right combination of guys, man. That, I mean, that's just what it's going to come down to. I was hoping I could. I was sorry. I was trying to scroll on Twitter see if I could find um, Keats post game. Yeah, you know, one of the this is tangential, but Louisville fired Gaudio and the other guy Murray, I think his name was. But then they essentially had decommitments, pulled the offers for. The Milbert kid who ended up committing to Ole Miss, and then um, Bobby Pettiford from both these kids from North Carolina. And I asked my buddies at Louisville what happened, and you know, essentially, what they told me was Chris Mack has decided to. It's kind of strange, kind of, but I think you're going to see this everywhere. But Chris Mack has decided to rebuild or get players from the portal as opposed to high schoolers. And like, I, there, there's always more to the story, but 
to me, I think that is very indicative of what everybody else is going to be doing. And if you're not going to be able to keep guys around, and I don't expect any coach to really be able to keep guys around. The only way you do that is by winning. Because if you look at teams that historically kept all their guys around, Carolina, Duke, they win. And then when they don't, Carolina's going to have a mass exodus. Right? Duke's already losing people. They had guys going down mid-year. Other guys hitting the portal. So you need – being able to identify talent is more important now than ever. Or identify character that is going – that you can trust is going to stick around or stick with you, right? There's something – there's some mix in there. I don't know how you do it, but that's why these guys get paid a lot of money to coach basketball, right? They have to figure that out. It's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, I mean, as uh, Kevin Keats so eloquently put it, though, to be honest with you, COVID sucked. <laughs> um, it's going to, man, it's, I, I am curious to see what happens. Um, you know, they've been actively hitting the portal even during, you know, prep and, and during these games. So, you know, I mean, let's just, I just have kind of taken the, let's see what happens. This year was going to be a crapshoot anyways. The multiple pauses really just made it hard to ever get in the flow. Even as a fan, it just was just like you never knew if the game was even going to happen. Um, you know, you wish we were more like the football team, right? And executed and won uh, during that phase. But then again, I mean, even the football team eventually bowed out pretty pathetically in a bowl game. So it happens. Um, you know, at least it wasn't like a Syracuse blowout, I guess. Yeah, the the football team had their moment a few years ago. And I, and I firmly believe this. They had their moment where after that 2019 season and you heard about all the locker room talk and Peyton Wilson yelling at everybody, if you don't want to be here, get the hell out, right? Yeah. And they have used that and they have built around that mentality. And if you're going to win in basketball, we need somebody that's going to do this, get that same, you know, that same mentality and that same, get that same out of players and build that same kind of culture. And I don't know. It, it's tough. It's going to be tough in, in this day and age when everybody can just move one place to another. It's going to be really weird. But yeah. I mean, UNC's losing guys, right? I mean, it, it's just going to be natural. Um, you know, I think we all want to see this program be stable. There's probably going to be a lot of transition here shortly uh, in the area. Um, you know, I mean, it's just really hard after a game like this to, to really think much positively about the future. Um, yeah, it really is. It's it, And it is because there's so much up in the air. Like, trying to be realistic. Like, I like Keats. I think if you gave him 10 years, if he was here for 10 years, he'd figure it out. Because I think he's figuring things out as we go. You know, getting more, getting better players. Like for, for a while, he was just getting transfers. And I think he likes transfers, which is fun. But he's got to be able to identify more Devin Daniels and less Wyatt Walkers. Could right? you imagine, less though? Danny Dixon's. Could you imagine if the rule had been in place and he could have played SJK when he was here? Right, like, 
Right. It's going to be the what ifs with him, right? Does he get yeah. Q? Does he get Sasha? Sasha Clear Jones did not. I don't know. I don't know what led to him to leave. I'm just going <laughs> to answer on that. <sighs> yeah. And Jalen McHugh just got cut by whoever he was with. So there's that. But yeah, it's going to be that. Right? If Keats is here for 10 years, I think he figured it out. I think his, his guys play hard for him. And he's really only, to me, the, the only thing that he's had a problem figuring out is personnel. Like he, I think he's had it where he's in high school at Hargrave or he's had it at Wilmington where he could win. He could bring in guys that are just better than everybody else and win. But you can't do that in the ACC, right? You have to, you have to, have to have a bunch of guys that can play, and not just one or two, right? You just can't carry a team like that anymore. I don't, I don't think so. So yeah, uh, Nate in the pod chat had a good point. <clears throat> Wanted to read it, and then he said, "I hate this, this hate that goat. This ugh, can't read. Try again." Hey, that's going to be the narrative this year. COVID and Daniel's now an injury. Seems like a lot of excuses. And I get it, you know, and I agree. I think that's, it's part of the reality. It's also, it is a lot of excuses because they did win six out of seven there for a while. They were playing really well. They played the first round game against, you know, Davidson was equally as small, probably better offensively. And they played really well. But this I'm, game, it just wasn't there. I'm just going to I mean, I think it's a game that shows that Braxton Beverly was a, was a good player. He could certainly keep up with the talent that he's come, that he would have come across yeah. in the NIT, right? And again, I just think, you know, again, when you're relying on a walk-on in Jalen Gibson, who's pre- not, I don't want to call Jalen a walk-on, right? But he's just not ready to contribute, right? It, it just... The deck, the deck is stacked against you. If you have, if if Helms is not on fire, it, it's hard to think it's going to keep up, right? During that six game win streak or whatever it was, um, you know, I think three or four of those games we were shooting like lights out most of the game, right? And they were also against a couple bad teams too. Like you know, there was the UVA game, but then Pitt kind of falling apart. I think BC was one of those games. Like, come on, you know, like. Things kind of went right for us. We were shooting well. It, it had to end at some point. And I think it's just frustrating because, again, it's just mental mistakes. If the freshmen were going to stick around and be here for three years, you'd be saying, okay, we got those out of the way. They're going to get better. They're going to get better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. We can just bring in a transfer junior, senior. You know? Like, I'd love to get, like, an Alex Johnson type. You know, just someone that I can come in, I know can take a few minutes at the lead at point guard, is going to keep the, the morale up, can easily draw a foul on, on uh, geez, what was that stupid guy's name? The point guard for UNC. Um, oh, this is going to kill me. In the ACC tournament, when they didn't call the charge. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone always, oh my god, my my UNC friends were like, "This guy's gonna be incredible. He's gonna be an, a legend in the NBA." I don't even know if he's even still there. Jeez, it started with a K. Uh, whatever. That that's what this podcast has turned into tonight. You want Kendall talk Marshall? Oh, Kendall Marshall. That's what it was. There you go. Oh, jeez. Well, Roy Williams is gonna retire. That's the rumor right now. 
Is that a it's real rumor make... or is that like the, you know, he's old? Rumor. No, no, no. Remember, we're the Snopes of NC State. <laughs> right? We don't we don't put out fake rumors. These are real rumors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but that's that is the rumor, and that that makes the frustration even more. Uh, it makes it even more frustrating, right? Because there is going to be tur- turnover between Durham and Chapel Hill and these places, and they're going to, you know, what are the odds they 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 hit on their coach? I don't know. Not not great. You know, they've had errors in the past. Who I mean, who's going to take over Hubert Davis? So having, I really want some stability here, and I want a guy that we can that can build a program. Could you imagine if Mark Few? <laughs> took the UNC job. I think I'd just quit basketball. I wouldn't watch any more basketball. I don't think like he's going to win national title. And then because the UNC, I would just no would be football only. I would just cut the basketball program, put all funding towards football. Yeah. Just get Jeff Bizdelic to come in. <laughs> Jeff Bizdelic. So Jeff Bizdelic. He can't, <laughs> He was, he was the anti Gaudio. That's who they brought in. He was. That's that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, all right. Enough about basketball. A lot is going to happen in the next. I don't know. Uh, we don't want to speculate on transfers in or out, just because the damn NCAA tournament is still going on. Coaches are still retiring losing their jobs, moving around and it's going to ha- just probably going to happen all the way through the tournament. So we will update people on the website as it comes, as we hear more, we've already put out, you know, kind of what we know, but what we know is that there's just going to be this possibility that there's going to be a lot of volatility where there is not a lot of volatility is spring football practice. Are you excited about spring football? I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> um, I just want to see what happens on the spring game. It's going to be televised, right? Did I not see that? Uh, one sec. Per NC State publicist Craig Hamill, Braxton Beverly suffered a concussion when he was hit with an accidental elbow in this morning shoot around. How effing nc state is that i thought he wasn't even supposed to be doing anything that is unbelievable boy that's like uh eerily similar to uh who was our dude last year right yeah uh that's even worse because i figured it was his back and ankle you know wow that's nc state that's just <coughs> unlucky. Unlucky. Uh, that's crazy. Oh my god. Who I want to know whose elbow it was. And was it Max Farthing? Yeah, was it Max Farthing? Is that why he played six minutes? Yeah, it was probably Shaq. Knocked him out to get him in there. Shaq Moore yeah. probably uh you know, threw threw some bows to make sure he got the minutes tonight. Um man, that sucks. That's brutal, man. That's a brutal way to end your career. Um or at least at NC State. I know DJ said he was done. Um, he said this was his last game. Um, 
but yes, I I am excited for spring football. I will. I can't wait to watch it from the comfort of my home. I can't wait to hear Dave Doran give us some some bullshit uh, scrimmage notes on Monday. Um, it's my favorite time of the season. I, I used to love Tom O'Brien's random scrimmage reports. Yeah, um, those are the he, Tom O'Brien was the best for random stuff like that. Right? It, it was like each year you're like, wow, we're either going to be like the I don't know, 85 bears, or we're going to be <laughs> like just I, unbelievable. Um, I love Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's given some nice little positive tidbits. I would caution everyone that it's the spring and uh, a lot of key starters are missing. So it's hard to know how good everyone's looking. Is it just they're looking good relative to each other or are these sources saying they're good even with comparison to the the starters that are missing? Um, I like hearing that CJ Riley is impressing and maybe finally healthy and some acknowledgement that he wasn't a hundred percent going into last year, which I think was super evident. He looked very heavy. He looked just like he just was, I wouldn't say he was missing a step because usually he was kicking his foot out with the other step. Um, and I say that out of love because CJ Riley is the guy I harp every year as the guy that's going to be the I'm not surprise. falling for it, Lucy. I'm not oh, I'm, for I'm it. telling you, it's this is the year. Ant no. Smith is going to draw that double coverage and, <laughs> and CJ Riley is going to go streaking on those post routes. I know yeah. it pains you to see all the Ant Smith highlights in the videos that the football account is putting out. Uh, you know, it's and funny because someone got anywhere. It's funny because someone asked, um, Steve Williams, what he what he'd heard about Aunt William or Aunt Smith, and he said nothing. And I was like, well, why is he getting so much pop then? Um, Aunt Smith is the one I think is just he, it's just gonna be super interesting because if I remember correctly, I think he was the one that was uh, he played football for two years. One of those he was a punter <laughs> for his team, and then the next yeah. year he had like I don't know twenty touchdowns and averaged like twenty six point whatever yards per catch and. I don't know how that happens um, just to go from punter to wide receiver like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. There's a lot of positive buzz about Leary offenses. Like I'm not going to say mastered, but he knows exactly what he's doing under Beck now. Uh, physically he's ready. You know, there's positives. People are saying Josh Harris has better conditioning. Um, yeah, I, I, these are all the reports that you, I guess you want to hear. The one thing that we're not really getting much on is the offensive line. And other than it seems like it's better than last year, but again, I think it's still missing a couple key players um, due to injury uh, from last year. So I think when you get McKay back, um, I can't remember if Tyron Riley is still out or if he's practicing yet, but when you get the full complement of bodies in there, um, I think that's just all we need. We just need some reliable depth this season. It's probably the one thing I'm going to watch every week is just does that O-line get banged up or do we finally get over the hump with those guys? Um, oh, Trent Pennock's moving to H-back. I mean, Houston being moved to slot or getting slot that. reps at least. I love that. Um it's interesting. I think someone said, I think either Thunder or someone said that Houston was the fastest guy on the team. And I was like, okay, well, like get him the ball then. If that's, you know, get him the ball in space if he's really that fast. Um, 
I'm going to be, I, I'm hoping it still comes to be right, but I'll feel really good if when Corey Durden finally gets on campus this summer, um, still a lot of positive May 16th, tweets. May 16th. So, uh, okay. May 16th. So he still tweets a lot about coming to state. So that's good. Um, good reports on Fagan, good reports on Pitts from, um, was that Marshall or West Virginia? Marshall. Marshall. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Dave is building the right guys, right? And if Durden if Durden comes in, bought in like the other transfers are, I mean, I think it's just they're doing a really good job. Then find the right guys that can just give you enough to get over the edge. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If if Leary is is healthy and this offense is clicking for him, I'm I'm super excited. I think he'll open stuff up for the run game. The run game will open up stuff for him. You know, I think it sounds like Bam and Ricky are both going to sit out the spring, which is fine by me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want to see it. I just, man, I'm just itching to see Devin Larry throw the ball, even if it's like flag football out there. I am. <laughs> I've come to learn that with the spring and, and you hit on it, you just can't take anything. We can't take anything serious because everything is always glowing coming out of the spring, right? Every insider scoop is, oh, I heard so-and-so looks good. I heard, heard so-and-so looks good. We've seen it before. I'm just excited that they're playing spring football. I'm excited that Devin Leary is getting time to, to learn an offense, right? And he's back fully healthy, all that stuff, right? All these things that are – less about the performance on the field, but more about growing and getting better because, you know, I don't, I don't think we as fans learn anything in the spring. I think like you said, you know, so-and-so looks good or this guy's, you know, going to get some more snaps. Like who knows? We've heard that story before. And then what we get doesn't always equate to that. I'm just excited that they're actually getting a spring to, to install that because if you, you know, everybody remembers last year, completely new coaching staff, completely new systems, and they were basically figuring it out on the fly. And the one thing that I took away from IPS report, Steve said, hey, Devin Leary, it looks like he's learned a lot more about Tim Beck's offense, and they've been able to do a lot more. That is the thing that, like, that's what I'm looking for, and that's what I'm excited to see, right? There's definitely enough talent here. That it should be, it should be fun, I'm, and I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a lot of pieces there that could that could line up in place. But again, my my concern, and like you said, you didn't hear we haven't heard anything about it is the offensive line, because if they can't block, they can't run, and if they can't run, they're not going to be able to throw. I think you're going to have problems there. So they need that. That is the one thing that I want to see out of the out of you know talking about growing. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Sorry. I was just trying to scan and see if there were any other tidbits that slipped through that were relevant. Um, I think Dunn is also out for the spring. Um, I think he's also recovering. That's fine. Like uh, don't keep the veterans out, put the young guys in, let them get all of the snaps, let them get all the play. I was talking to Matt Coe and I told Matt Coe that, hey, we're, you know, we're, we might put in for press passes and I'll, <laughs> do you want to cover the games? 
And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll be, you know, brutally honest. This is what we do. Right. <laughs> and so the guys in the chat were, really, it was hilarious. I'm not sure if you read the football chats. No, I haven't clicked over there today. You, you should go back and read like the last like 30 messages. But he's, <laughs> he said, I'd love to. Hi, I'm Matt Coe with the Red White Network. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, everybody else started chiming in with their lines. Like, what would you ask? Like, how would you ask questions? So, Dave, you decided to exclusively run the ball in the third quarter and give up 21-point lead? Why'd you do that? Like, brutally honest. I was giggling like a schoolgirl earlier today. My wife's looking at me like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, no, well, I wouldn't understand. No matter what, you got to say, hey, coach, great game. <laughs> yeah, hey, coach, great game. <laughs> I love that one. They, asked, keep, they said that after the, the loss to Syracuse game. It was like three, coach, great game. <laughs> what? I think even Henderson did it, and I called him out on it. Yeah, I think it's easy to just get in there and you're not thinking. It's just you might. It's like the equivalent of saying "um" uh, for these guys. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I would love to be on the Zoom calls with Dave. I see we have a five-star quarterback coming in next year. So my question to you is: Will he start, or are we going to target Bailey Hockman again? <laughs> oh my god! Can you talk about Bailey Hockman's grit? <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, you decided to throw a screen pass to your from the two yard line to your offensive oh. lineman. Why not? Why not have a play going to? Oh, I don't know, a receiver. Maybe your six foot seven tight end. But, God, that that's still. I mean, whatever. We won that game, but my God, I was ready to. Uh, I was like, look, I was going to call on my favors to Boo. <laughs> Be like, Boo, I don't donate any money to your program. Uh, but, um, actually I did send some money over to them for that, uh, what were they calling it? Impact or Yeah. So I don't know if folks were aware of that. So we raised a good chunk of change to help for those poor scholarship athletes. Um, I think we got up to like 350 K yesterday. No, the university did 50 million in total. Uh, 3 million went to the athletic department. And then we had a donor that went dollar for dollar for athletic donation. So it's $6 million to the athletic department. So there was oh, – it's not up there. Yesterday, I'm pretty sure under like the donate – the if you did the impact program – so I guess that was one. Yeah, it says here for the impact program. This was raised yesterday. $403,000 directly nice. to that one. Um. Yeah, it's pretty great. I wonder where the other donations came from. Did, I mean, was that like a good night? I mean, obviously, someone had to be given a huge chunk of change uh, to get up to $50 million. Right. Leaderboards. Let's check here. Um, boy, that's crazy, man. $58 million. Way to go, guys. Yeah, right. That's a lot of money. College of Veterinary Science Medicine, they came in with that 8.7. Wow. That's why I say that. <laughs> Damn. Engineering came up second. Good job, boys. Way to hold up for us. This kind of ties into something I was going to mention. And I'll probably talk about it at some point in my uh, on the website I've been going into. <laughs> things NC State's been doing wrong branding-wise. And... I, one thing that really frustrates me, and this is particular in football, is losing players to schools because academics are important. Wait, say that again? 
losing recruits that are choosing between like us and other schools because academics are important. The Stanford argument, basically. Well, like Stanford, I can get like some of a couple of schools. I'm like, all right, you know, cool. But school, like losing a recruit to Carolina because he wants to go to their engineering program. Well, that kid's not going to be a good engineer. So (laughs) I've never met a single UNC engineer (laughs) in my field. Um, I've met just some HR people and some safety folks, but (sighs) yeah, I hate that. Like, it's just one of those things that we need to do better selling ourselves. Cause I, I don't think NC state is a dumpster for a university or for a degree, right? It's, it's constantly in the top 20 ranked universities. Yeah. And I mean, I never struggled to get a job. I was hired in while I was still in school. I've had a great career. Like the College of Engineering at NC State set me up for life. I mean, it that's an easy sell, and I don't know why I don't we don't lead with it more often. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that I think we need to do. We need to do better. I think state needs to brand themselves better, and that's you know, selling that academic part is one of them. And the other one I was talking about, and since you know we're talking about the spring game a little bit, is make the spring game. And you and I have talked about this extensively in the past definitely make the spring game a big ass spectacle like don't even make it about the game but make it about (laughs) the fans and all the events and growing your fan base make it a community affair that is like a beer fest or something I, i don't know just make it just huge so that everybody is excited about it and you start making the university that the focal point of the community. And I think that's how you grow your fan base. Cause the way this County is growing, it's absurd. There's so many new people that are, you can pull in, you know, into your whatever donations and money and, you know, fandom and, and everything, right? Just pull them into your orbit. And I think that would, it would do so much for the university and, and like all of these things you need to piece together. I think that spring game is just a huge opportunity. I'm glad they, they were going to do some things last year before COVID hit, but then like 2019, they were kind of de-emphasized the spring game. And I know the coaches hate it, but I think that's just very short-sighted. Yeah. I think you want to make it so that there's so much fun going around, around outside of the football game that someone goes, Oh shit, there's a football game too. Like, yeah, I, I thought your, your piece nailed it, right? It's a way to build equity with the fan base and the non-fan base. Yeah. I thought you made a great point about when you move to, in, to North Carolina, and especially if you're in the, the, the triangle, right? You have a choice of who you can root for a lot of times. You're not necessarily going to be a UNC or Duke or State fan right away. Um you know, so try to try to pick them off at the margins. I mean, that's what a school like state needs to do because you've got to win over people. And I think if you remind people that our games are much more fun atmospheres, the tailgating's great, it's a great place to take the kids, you know, and like you said, add the amenities around it. I think you can just build that equity with the community. And make it an event, make it like the fair, right? Just make it something to do that day. Like, of course, we're going to go to the spring game. That thing's, that thing's crazy. And I'm not even a state fan. Of course, I'm going to go and take my kids there. There's a bounce house. 
Right? I mean, seriously, yeah, the bounce houses, Mr. and Mrs. Wolf, like my kids still talk about that. Like they don't remember having yesterday, but he'll still talk about when we go see Mr. Wolf. Like it just it it puts an imprint on on people and yeah. We should have while we're there, it should on the side of like the stadium, it should say Stanford ain't got shit on state. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's another branding thing I'll get into at some point. The logos, the block S dying in a fire. Oh, God. I saw it pop up on the baseball hats. Yeah. Um, somebody. That ain't the problem, boys. Just, yeah. <laughs> baseball team, right? Uh, I need to get Chance back on here for a wait out of my territory. But if anybody else has anything they want to, like, talk about, like branding wise and what the university could do better, please hit me up, hit the podcast up because I'm going to do a lot of these things that need to be talked about, right? We need to put them out there. And I had people reach out to me after I put that one about the spring game out. I'm like, yeah, that that's, that's right. Right. That's, that's good. I, you know, I, I agree. I've been saying something like this, blah, blah, blah. And then like people from other universities read it and were like, yeah, we need to do that too. I'm like, yeah, everybody needs to do that. Like everybody who's got, a fan base that's just dying to be part of something. Right. And so we're going to get into gear, you know, you know, uh, apparel and all that stuff, the shell shoe thing that happened recently and the various logos. It should be, it should be interesting, at least some stuff for the summer when there's no sports worth watching. So don't talk, don't talk of those dark times, which is, now <laughs> you mean it's the time of the year where i can cancel my youtube tv my tv <laughs> subscriptions put this on pause for six months and we'll yep. be back in august yeah. uh, well i'll come off for one day for the spring game and then i'll go right back yeah that's true yeah, yeah. but all right folks that's about it for now we'll come back when there's some more to talk about there's some football hirings happening we'll get into uh, keep an eye on the website, redwhitenetwork.com, for more. We'll have baseball previews. Uh, I'll probably get a chance back on for baseball pod. I don't know if we'll have it before the series for this weekend, but maybe after this weekend. Hopefully things aren't as bad as they were last weekend, but <laughs> we will see. As always, thanks for listening, and go get some ice cream. It's not playing. Cause all I got on. It's not gonna happen. Oh, my soundboard is all messed up. Let's try that again. Cause all I got on my mind right now is some ice cream. I was raised by the waves. Cause all I got on my mind is some ice cream. I love some town on. Cause all I got on my mind There's a place where lovers go to cry